Nine months ago today, I was in the heart hospital for heart bypass surgery. My wife, Judith, had taken me to the emergency room that morning, and I spent uh, a good part of the, the day on a gurney in a hallway in the triage area because there were no beds available. Later in the afternoon, they made a temporary room for me in one of the exam rooms, and it wasn't until after midnight that I actually got a room um, in uh, the intensive care unit. <coughs> the nurse on duty that night was, her name was Katie. Uh, I didn't get her last name. That was the only night that I saw her. Um, <coughs> she got me settled in the room, took a good look at me, frowned, and said, you are in really bad shape. That wasn't a real great comfort to me at that point. But uh, I told her, well, that's OK. Um, I know God can heal me if that's his will. And if not, I know where I'm going, and it's a much better place. So either way, I'm good with it. Uh, Katie said, oh, you have it all figured out, do you? And I said, yes, I do. <laughs> she, she then left the room. But later on, she came in to check on me. And I reminded her of what she had said earlier. And I asked her if she had a little time to talk uh, or if she was real busy. She said, no, it's, it's after midnight. Most of the patients are asleep. Things are quiet. I can talk for a little bit. So I reminded her of what she said. And I asked her if she would like to have it all figured out too. She thought for a moment and said, yes, she would. So I then asked her if she believed in heaven and hell. She said, yeah, as a nurse, she'd seen a lot of really good things happen. And she'd also seen a lot of really bad things. So she believed in both heaven and hell. I then asked her if she were to die that night, did she know where she would go? And she admitted she didn't. So I asked her, would she like to? And she said, yes, she would. So then I asked her to, to take out the bag that I had brought with me to the hospital and take out one of the little books inside the bag. And those little books were um, Gideon Testaments, New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs. We call these uh, personal workers' testaments, or PWTs for short. These are scriptures that we as Gideons and our wives in the auxiliary purchase ourselves, and we use them in our personal witnessing. Like most of our scriptures, it's got a help section in the front, and in the back it has gospel verses uh, and a sinner's prayer and a place where they can sign and date their name when they accept Christ as Savior. <coughs> so she took one out, and I asked if she would open inside the back cover and read each of those verses out loud one at a time and tell me what they mean to her. And as she did that, I was praying that God would open her heart uh, to his son, and I could feel the Holy Spirit working on her heart and tell that she was, she was very thoughtful as she was reading it. When she finished, um, I asked her if she would like to have Jesus as her Lord and Savior, have all of her sins forgiven, and know that she's going to spend eternity with God in heaven. She said, yes, she would like that, so I directed her to the sinner's prayer. I told her she could pray that prayer or one like it um, herself. God would know her heart. And so she stood there for a few moments looking at it and then um, started to hand the testament back to me. I told her, no, that was my gift to her. I wanted her to keep it and continue reading it, which she said she would. I then asked if she had said that prayer, and she said, yes, she had prayed that prayer. Then, with tears in her eyes, she thanked me and said that as a nurse, she had helped a lot of patients, 
but I was the first one that ever showed any real concern for her or her welfare. Most of the, the doctors and nurses that I had when I was in the hospital were believers, and I never saw Katie again after that, but some of the nurses uh, told me that Katie had shared that story with them. So I just thank God that he was able to use me to lead another soul into the kingdom of his son. Thank you all for the tremendous support you've given to our Gideon ministry over the years. Um, Gideon's International is an international interdenominational association of Christian business and professional men with one purpose, and that is to lead others to salvation in Christ. <coughs> My favorite part of the ministry <coughs> is the personal worker's testament. Uh, we minister to the gospel through personal witnessing and the placement and distribution of scriptures. I like these little testaments that we have, the PWTs, um, because they do have the help section and in the back they have the gospel verses. Um, a lot of times in encounters we have with other people, we only have a minute or two. We don't have time to go through the gospel in detail like I was able to do with Katie. And in those cases, what we do is show them the help section in the front, show them how to use that, and then I always tell them if they don't read anything else, read what's inside the back cover so at least they get uh, the gospel presentation. Because m many of the staff were already Christians, we still, Judith and I were able to give them testaments and show them how to use the help section in the front um, to give encouragement and comfort to their patients. <coughs> Um, which they appreciated. Now, one of the things that um, came out of my heart problems, there were several um, complications. I was actually in the hospital for a month, the entire month of April. Um, my kidneys and my liver started to fail. And so as a result of that, I had to undergo dialysis. Um, praise God that after that, everything kicked in. Uh, they thought I was going to have to go through it three times. I only had dialysis once, uh, and, and God provided healing. But the thing about the dialysis was it was about a three-hour procedure, and a nurse had to be present all the time, full-time right there. Uh, but once the procedure was started, she had everything set up, and my blood started going through the machine. She really didn't have much to do except sit there and keep an eye on me and the equipment and stuff. Um, so after she got it started, got it going, she went and sat over by the window in my hospital room. And it was right about that time that Pastor Frank came in to visit me. Um, and so uh, as he did, I asked him to get out one of the PWTs from my bag, which he did, and we gave it to the nurse, and I can't remember her name, Frank May. Um, and so we were able to share with that nurse. Um, she didn't accept Christ. She wasn't ready for that at this point. But we were able to share with her and, um, and pray with her, and she promised that she would read that testament. Uh, one day, as after Judith had visited me in the hospital and she was leaving, she noticed a woman sobbing in the waiting room. Uh, when she got to the elevator, she felt the Holy Spirit was calling her back to this woman. So she went back and sat down with her and, and found out she was a Christian but she had just lost a family member who had just passed away in the hospital. So Jesus, or for Judith used one of her personal worker's testaments um, to, and went through some of the helps verses with this woman on 
uh, loss and death and sorrow and was able to, uh, to comfort her and pray with her. So even with believers, we can use these testaments uh, as Gideons and as uh, auxiliary members. I have a friend named Sam Showquist. He's a Gideon in Texas. Uh, he and his wife were in an automobile accident. Uh, the couple in the other car, uh, she was Gabrielle or Gabby, <coughs> and he was Daniel. They were out house hunting. Uh, Gabby was driving and she was texting as she was driving. She ran a red light as a result of that and crashed into the Showquists. Uh, fortunately, no one was injured. Uh, but after they had exchanged information and they were waiting for the police to arrive, uh, Sam took out a PWT and was able to go through the gospel with Gabby and Daniel, both of whom prayed to accept Christ as their savior. Then uh, he did as, as we try to do whenever anyone prays with us. He encouraged them to find a Bible-believing church and become active in it. And they didn't know any, so he invited them to come with him to his church. Uh, today, uh, Gabby and Daniel are very good friends with the Showquists. Uh, they're members of, of Sam's home Bible study, and they're active members of his church. Now, we are best known for the Bibles that we put in the hotels and motels, and you've all probably seen these if you've stayed in a hotel or motel. But we do much more than that. Um, so far this school year, we have literally given out hundreds of New Testaments to high school and middle school students in the greater Albuquerque area. Um, last fall at the, um, the New Mexico State Fair, we gave out 12,000 copies of God's Word to fairgoers and uh, 8,000 copies of our college testaments to uh, faculty and students at UNM. Um, New Mexico is combined with Arizona in our Southwest Association at the Arizona State Fair this year, which is bigger and longer than ours here in New Mexico. We gave away 23,500 copies of God's Word. Now, we couldn't do all that we do without the support of, of supporters and churches uh, like yourselves. And so um, we appreciate all the gifts that you give us. Inflation has hit our ministry just like everybody else. We used to pay $1.35 for each of these testaments. Uh, now it costs us $1.57. Uh, I'm not sure how much the hotel Bibles are. They used to be $5. I'm sure they've gone up too. So your generous gifts help ensure that we can continue to purchase and distribute God's word uh, around the world. So even a contribution of $1.57 or 57 cents will ensure that someone somewhere around the world gets their own copy of the New Testament Psalms and Proverbs. We also treasure your prayers. Um, again, treasure Prayers are very important to us. In addition to being men and women of the word, we're also men and women of prayers. In fact, our wives in the auxiliary, that's one of their main focal points is, is prayer. So we appreciate your prayers that God will continue to use our ministry. He will continue to provide the resources we need to purchase and distribute his word. Uh, that he will continue open, to open hearts that those who receive the testimonies we give, the sharing that we do, and the, the scriptures we give them, that God will open their hearts and they will accept his son as savior. Uh, please also pray that we will continue to be open to the opportunities 
that God brings our way as we encounter people in our daily lives and our daily conversations, uh, and that we will recognize that and actively share the gospel with them. And also, please pray, as, as Jesus told us, the harvest is, is ripe, but we need workers. Please pray that God will raise up new men and women to join us as Gideons and Auxiliary. Um, and also, another way you can support us is become one of us. Uh, join the Gideons yourself. And uh, the reason that I became a Gideon, excuse me, was so I could more easily, more faithfully, and have more opportunities to share Christ with a lost world. Um, if that's your desire, if you want to do more than you're doing to, um, to reach the great commission that Christ gave us uh, as we enter a new year, I would encourage you to consider uh, becoming a member of the Gideons International. <clears throat> it's uh, been the best ministry that I've been a part of and has given me many opportunities, plus training and tools to actively and faithfully and effectively share the gospel uh, with others. And you ladies, if you'd like to be a, uh, an auxiliary member, we would encourage that, but you have to get your husbands to become a Gideon in order to do that. So uh, talk to your husbands, convince them to join as a Gideon. You can join as, a, as an auxiliary member. Um, <coughs> the polls that have been taken tell us that 50 or that 97% of all professing Christians will never share their faith with anyone. 97% of professing Christians will not share the gospel with anyone during their lives. I pray that none of you are in that 97%. But a lot of Christians today um, practice what I call osmosis evangelism. Uh, we do good works, which are great, uh, nothing against good works, uh, but we do a lot of good works, but we never get around to telling people who Jesus is and what he's done and, and why they need him as savior. It's like um, if we just do good works, somehow the gospel is gonna rub off on them and they will become Christians. I've never seen that happen. And Paul tells us in Romans 10, 14, that unless somebody tells them, they're not gonna hear. Um, so I would encourage you um, to not be an osmosis Christian, but to actively share your faith. As we start a new year and you're looking at New Year uh, commitments, I would ask you to consider uh, this year committing to being more aware of the opportunities God brings you and to be more active in actually telling people about Jesus and, and sharing the gospel. Um, and our ministry with the churches is not a one-way thing. There are things that we try to do for the churches as well. Uh, one is we try to help with church growth. As I said, when we uh, have someone pray to accept Christ, we encourage them to find a, a Bible-believing church. Oftentimes, they don't know of any, and we will recommend churches that we're aware of in the area where they live that are close to them. And one of those churches for people in this area is Mountain Christian Church. So we do try to help with church growth. <coughs> uh, we also pray for you all. Um, as Gideons, we have a series of daily prayer calendars that help guide us in our daily prayers for the ministry. Uh, one of those is our church's and pastor's prayer calendar. Uh, I know you can't really see it very well from where you are, but we have every church and pastor in the greater Albuquerque area here, and, and so through the month we pray for them. Uh, pastor Frank and Mountain Christian Church are on our calendar 
uh, on day 21. So on the 21st of every month, you all are prayed for by Gideons and Auxiliary throughout the Albuquerque area. Another thing that we are doing that we're not quite ready to present to the churches, we've been working on it and we're getting close. Uh, I've been trained as an instructor but still have to go through a final exam and some other things and then we'll be ready to roll it out to the churches. But it's a, a new program that we call Conversations, uh, which is based on our experience as Gideons uh, sharing the gospel with people we come into contact with. We call it Conversations because what we try to do, we follow a method that was developed by a man named Bill Fay, uh, and he wrote a book, you may have heard about it, it's called How to Share Jesus Without Fear. Uh, it's a very simple, easy way to get to the gospel. It's very unoffensive. Um, you don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be an apologist. Um, all you do is, is take a normal conversation and turn it into an opportunity to get people, like I did with Katie, to read the verses on salvation and what Christ has done. You don't tell them anything. You don't insist on anything. You let them do all the talking, and you let God do all the talking to their heart. Um, so that's why we call it conversations, just like I did with Katie, take a conversation, turn it into how to use the gospel. And so we're going to provide free training uh, to the churches uh, on that method uh, in ways that you can effectively share the gospel just on a daily basis. Um, so if you're interested in that, I know some people have already expressed an interest, let Pastor Frank know, and when we've got it up and running here in the near future, we'll, we'll provide that training here. Uh, for you at Mountain Christian. Well, that's enough of the business aspects. Um, I know you all love hearing the testimonies of what God has been doing through our ministry, so we'll get into that. Um, Darla Beckham uh, was born in Arkansas. She grew up in Illinois. She had godly parents, but because of their work schedules, they never went to church. At an early age, Darla became infatuated with rock stars and celebrities. And she noted that all of them did alcohol and drugs. So she concluded from that if she would do alcohol and drugs, she could be rich and famous too. So at a very early age, she became addicted to alcohol and drugs. <clears throat> she got married. She was married three times. And the third time, she really wanted the marriage to work out. Um, she began attending classes at uh, Arkansas State University. And one day when the Gideons were on campus giving out college testaments, she took one just intending to throw it away later. But instead, she had it with her when she got home, so she tossed it in a drawer and forgot about it. Then when her third marriage started falling apart, so did Darla. Um, until then, she and her husband had managed to hide their addictions and all of their problems and to all their friends and, and appearances, they seem to be good business people and good members of the community. But when her marriage, third marriage fell apart, she lost it. And her drug and alcohol abuse um, got totally out of control. And she was dangerously underweight. Um, one day she decided that life just wasn't worth living. She was going nowhere. She was doing $200 worth of methamphetamine every day. She couldn't handle it, so she decided to end it all. She took a gun. She walked down by the river, uh, put the gun to her head, pulled the trigger, but the gun didn't go off. Um, her friends tried to convince her to see a doctor, 
thinking that she had a brain tumor or something that was causing all her, her physical and emotional problems. Uh, but she didn't do that. One day she looked at herself in the mirror and saw how really bad she was, what really bad shape she was in, and she decided to try it again, and this time she was uh, sure she was going to carry it through and make the suicide work. So she went to the drawer where she kept her gun, <coughs> reached for the gun, and instead of the gun, her hand came on that Gideon College Testament. Darla says it was a miracle because it had been forever since she'd put that in the drawer and she forgot all about it. But when she reached for the gun, she didn't get that. She got God's word. The Testament opened to 2 Corinthians 2, and she started reading it. And as she did so, she realized this was God's love letter to her and that God was more concerned about her and her situation than even she was. So right down there, she got down on her knees, uh, confessed her sins, and committed her life to Jesus Christ. In the Christian high school that uh, Jack Rapan attended in Thailand, <coughs> he was determined as a devout Muslim not to allow them to convince him to accept Christianity. In fact, he vowed as a Muslim, that he was going to do everything he could uh, to destroy Christianity um, and everything that had to do with Christ. When the Gideons were on his uh, high school campus giving out youth testaments, um, he took one, uh, intending to look at it and find ways that he could argue against his Christian friends. Uh, figured he could look at there and show them how, how wrong Christianity was. Um, and so he started comparing page by page the Bible with the Koran, trying to find points that he could use in his arguments uh, against his Christian friends. But as he read, he discovered reasons to accept Jesus Christ uh, as, as Savior. And so he finally did accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He then uh, attended a Bible institute, and today he is pastor of the fastest growing church in Bangkok. Orlando Vasquez grew up in El Paso, Texas. Um, he had a loving family, and he enjoyed going to Catholic Mass, and he had a belief in God, but he didn't have Jesus Christ. Uh, as a teenager in high school, he got caught up in the, the party atmosphere, and he started partying a lot, doing alcohol and drugs and having sex, um, and uh, got ca all caught up in that, uh, which continued after graduation. In fact, he would often spend all night partying, drinking, carousing, uh, and sometimes he spent the entire weekend doing that. As a result, he was unable to keep a job. Uh, one morning, he woke up uh, crying and thinking that his life had become miserable uh, and, and a total mess and uh, just not worth anything, so he had to make a change. Uh, he enrolled in a 30-day drug and alcohol rehabilitation program at the El Paso Detox Center. <coughs> there he got a Gideon Bible. Um, and as he read it, he realized that he had totally failed God. But he also realized that through Jesus Christ, God offered a new life and a new future. Um, so that's where his new life in Christ began. Today, he lives in Austin with his wife and daughter, and he is a member of the music team in his church. 
a salesman named Bill checked into a, he was on a business trip, checked into a uh, hotel in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, his life circumstances had left him in pretty bad shape. His wife of 24 years had just left him, and on the way out the door, she told him about all the affairs she had had during that 24 years. Three of his four children uh, were very much involved in drugs and solicitation and gang activities. Um, and two weeks before this business trip uh, to Cincinnati, his boss had told him the company was reorganizing and in four weeks he was going to be unemployed. So he decided there was nothing left to live for. As he unpacked his suitcase in his hotel room, he laid his things on the bed, including the pistol that he had brought with him to end his life. He turned the volume on the television up loud uh, and then decided he was going to leave a suicide note. So he began looking around the room for something to write with and opened the, uh, the drawer of the bedside table. And that's where he saw the Gideon Bible. <clears throat> now, he had never been to church other than as a child he had gone to vacation Bible school. Uh, never read the Bible, never been to church. In fact, he'd never, he didn't even get married in the church. Uh, but that night, something drew him to God's word. So he took the Gideon Bible, he turned the volume down on the television, and began reading. He read all the way through the book of Matthew, then Mark, then John. And then with tears in his eyes, he began to realize there was someone who loved him very much. In fact, loved him enough to die for him, and that was God. So there in that hotel room that night, he confessed his sins, and he committed his life to Jesus Christ as well. <clears throat> Four weeks later, uh, the new company made him a regional sales manager. <clears throat> he was never able to reconcile things with his former wife, but he has become restoring uh, the relationship with his children. Um, he was on later on another business trip uh, to Cincinnati. He stayed in that same hotel. And he talked to the hotel manager, and he told him, he said, you know, I don't know why the Gideons put these Bibles in hotel rooms, but I am so glad they do. That Bible actually saved my life. He said, that holy book is not just a bunch of words on paper. It will actually come alive, as it did for me, and totally changed my life. So Bill had checked into a hotel intending to end his life, and instead, through Christ, got a new life uh, and a whole new future. Now, we've received many testaments over the years and continue to do so of how God has brought tremendous fruit from just one testimony or one copy of his word. Uh, just one person sharing with another person, and God has magnified the fruit from that tremendously. We have a lot of testimonies how he has used one copy one Bible or one testament that we've given to somebody and produced an abundance of fruit from that, that one thing. So you may not think that by sharing the gospel with one person it's going to you know, bear any real fruit or do any good, especially if at the time they don't accept Christ. You never know what God's going to do down the road with that. Uh, one example of that is a recent testimony that we received in an email from Edwin Findlay, who is the pastor, uh, he's the pastor of Calvary Baptist Church uh, in Woodville, Texas. He, 
He recently received an email from a college friend of his. Now, 25 years ago, um, he was, uh, Edwin, uh, was with his mother, who was the dean of women at East Texas Baptist College. One of her responsibilities was to be a dorm mother. And um, so he was helping her at the end of the semester, cleaning out the rooms uh, after the, the women students had left. Uh, in those rooms, he found uh, 10 Gideon College Testaments, again, been given out by the Gideons and left behind by the girls who vacated their rooms. Well, he took those 10 Testaments and he gave them to 10 of his friends. And he recently received a, uh, an email uh, from one of those friends thanking him for that testament that he gave him. He said for the last 25 years, he's been carrying that in his lunchbox. And he reads it every day during his lunch period. And he also uses it for his personal witnessing. And every time someone prays with him to accept Christ, he puts a little mark in the front of the Bible. And today, after 25 years, he has 22 marks in that little testament. So one college testament given out by the Gideons to a, a girl student, which found its way into the hands of a future pastor who gave it to a friend of his, God has used to transform 22 souls for eternity. So again, I would encourage you as we start a new year um, to uh, commit to being more active <coughs> in sharing God's word and sharing the gospel with people that God brings into your lives. <coughs> um, another testimony of how powerful just one single copy of God's word can be is the testimony of Ryan Reese. And this morning I will close with his testimony. My name is Ryan Reese, and I grew up in Los Angeles, California. And when I was growing up, I was a son of a pastor. But there was always still something inside me that wanted to see what was on the other side of the ministry. Like the music, the art, the rock and roll. So I'm working in the music industry. I'm working in the skateboard industry for about 18 years. What did I find there? I found money. I, you know, I was traveling the world nine months out of the year, working with some of the biggest rock and hip-hop bands, the cocaine like crazy, tons of Xanax, alcohol like crazy, drinking every single day. And I just, all my habits increased because I had more opportunity, more parties, more opportunity, traveling the world, living this dream, and nothing can satisfy my soul. And it all boils down to where I'm in Costa Rica and I OD for the third time. And I just remember being in my hotel room and I'm like, Jesus, I'm like, if you exist, Reveal yourself to me. Prove that you're real to me. I need you to show up in my life, and I need you to heal me, and I need you to radical change me. And I remember going, man, I'm going, go, is there a Bible in here? And I'm like, I know there's these Bibles in these hotel rooms. I would see them all over the place. I'd be high on cocaine and open the door or the drawer and see a Gideon Bible. I steal it. I put it in my backpack because I'm going to find God. So I throw the Bible in there. I get on the plane. I start reading the Bible, the Gideon Bible, for six hours straight from Panama City all the way to LAX. And as I'm reading, the whole skateboard team, the photographers, the filmers, everyone's looking over at me, reading the Bible, the cocaine pirate. And I remember 
When I landed in LAX after reading the living word of God, which is the DNA of Jesus Christ, landing in LAX, and just feeling that peace that I've never felt. And I remember just going, God, I don't know what you want to do in my life. Here I am. Do whatever you want to do in my life. And I said, God, thy will be done. The Whosoever's is a movement of whosoever's leading the way to reflect Christ in culture. Our verse is John 3, 16. God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So now what we're doing is we're going to public high schools with a full stage sounding setup. We got skateboarders, music, a band, I speak, different speakers. There's hundreds of kids that show up. We meet with them, we talk to them, we pray with them. I had a real encounter with Jesus Christ and he's real, he's alive, and he tra transforms lives. I can meet the guy that put that Bible in the hotel. I'm just say, well done, faithful servant. Look what you've done. Will you pray with me? <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all that you've done for us. We thank you for your word, and we are so impressed with the power of your word and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. How it changes lives. We thank you for that. And we thank you that we can be ministers of that as well. We thank you for all that you've done and given us through your son. We thank you for your willingness to sacrifice your son, your only son for us. And we thank you for his willingness to go to the cross, to become our sins, and to die on our behalf, to pay our penalty for our sins. We thank you for this truth, and we, we ask that we not hold it to ourselves, that we share this message with others so that a lost world that so desperately needs a Savior can come to know the truth and that they too can know the peace and the joy and all the blessings that we ourselves have through Jesus Christ, that they may come to know that as well. As we start a new year, I pray that each of us will commit to do a better job of that, of sharing your son uh, with others. We thank you for the privilege of being able to share Christ. We know the work is all yours, but we thank you for letting us be a part of it all for your glory and the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. You're dismissed. <laughs>